0: Good evening, everyone. And, as always, welcome back to another exciting episode of Red Pill News Live. It has been a hell of a 24 hours. It's been good for some people, but it's also been bad for some of our favorite players. First of all, rest in peace, Sinead O'Connor. Sinead... was always a controversial figure she had a beautiful voice and of course she was from my motherland ireland patriot Catherine, did you see the list of conditions for his release are you talking about hunter biden we have tons tons of stuff to go over in regards to the ever-changing saga of Hunter Biden's plea deal with the Department of Justice. I have to be honest, this story was developing throughout the day, and so I have a lot to talk about in regards to that, but, (laughs) oh, Sinead O'Connor, she was a controversial figure, that's all I'm going to say. I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but yes, you're right, babe. Prince regretted giving her nothing compares to you. She did a beautiful rendition of it. Anyways, sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we're going to be right back after this. And just like that, Half the year is done and gone. And in that time, my digital money has gifted us with some majestic crypto bull runs. Bitcoin, of course, remains the king with an 80% gain year to date. And financial institutions like Fidelity and others have announced funds they are actively working on to provide Bitcoin access to their clients. Ethereum gained 55% year to date, fueled by the Chappella upgrade. And Litecoin went up 35.25% year to date after it was chosen by Citadel Securities and fidelity-backed edx markets to trade on its exchange bitcoin cash it's up 176 percent year to date and my digital money has been emphasizing the importance of long-term data when investing for a long time don't get caught up in the daily social media chatter don't get caught up in politics. Not when it comes to your investments. What you should be concerned about is how to invest securely. So invest with my digital money. When you invest with my digital money, your funds are secure. They will never commingle with our funds. In fact, no matter what happens with my digital money, your funds are always safe. So if you're ready to invest in cryptocurrency, invest with mydigitalmoney.com. Click the link in the description box below. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right. Welcome back. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. I appreciate you being here. And uh, yes, uh, if you have anything specific you want me to talk about, just drop it into the chat and I'll try to work it into into today's discussion. So I wanted to begin just by giving a rest in peace to Sinead O'Connor. Not that I was like a huge fan or anything, but this song was like such a big part of uh that that year 1990 when this came out and uh and and you know she also had this like contentious relationship with the pope she ripped his picture up on saturday night live famously got banned from appearing there and <clears throat> really the only reason i'm highlighting it uh is because it's part of an ongoing theme of people in music and movies and popular culture really uh dying at uh you know an age that's far too young for uh for, for their for their I guess you know their lifespan she was only 56 years old let me just check that to make sure 56 years old i believe she was uh, yeah there it is there it is uh she passed away in her native dublin and uh the cause of death has not been revealed so I do know that her son passed away not that long ago. This could be a death related to her son's death, maybe perhaps uh, something to do with suicide, or maybe she drank herself to death, or maybe she just died of a broken heart. But either way, Sinead O'Connor has passed away, and I feel that she was too young uh, to have left this earth already. So really, that's all I've got to say about it. Next, I did want to talk about this very odd situation taking place on Capitol Hill with Mitch McConnell. Today, he stepped up to the podium uh, and was speaking on something. And at a certain point, he appeared to just stop dead in his tracks. Obviously, it appears that Mitch McConnell is not well, that cocaine catches up with you at a certain point, and Mitch uh, appears to have just begun to fall apart uh, mid-sentence. Let's go ahead and take a look at this video, and you guys tell me what you think is going on here. I'm not a medical professional, but I, I, I feel like I can tell when somebody needs to retire. This man is just about at the same point as Joe Biden. All right, that is very, very quiet. Let me just tune this up a little bit.
1: Kick it up to uh, 10 decibels. There we go.
2: And a string of.
0: Uh... I just love how they zoom in on his face like something is wrong. Why is no one coming to get him? <clears throat> There, I think everybody's just hoping that he's going to start speaking again. But look at that faraway, vacant look in his eyes. Now, everybody recognizes whew, we need to get this man out of here. Something is seriously wrong. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. We'll, we'll go ahead and cut it. Cut it there. Cut it there. Here we go. He has no idea where he is. Appears to be very disoriented. Yes. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell appears to be completely losing his mind. Uh, He is 81 years old. Uh, Now, after this, he was rushed away. Here we do have a video from another angle showing him being taken. You can see everybody around him is just like, what the heck is going on? When you start showing up to work and asking people where you are, it's time to go home. But of course we know that obviously so owning the, these uh, seats we're coming up on the year
1: anniversary of the IRA and uh...
0: when when you have had a seat like this for as long as Mitch McConnell. Uh, It comes with a certain level of power and privilege, and and even though he clearly doesn't even know who he is or where he's at, uh, he's not going to walk away from something like this willingly, Uh, especially not when we're coming up on this very important election in 2024. He wants to make sure that he's there in Congress to try to stop President Trump from being able to ascend to the presidency once again. Here is another video. Mitch McConnell being led away. I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think that uh, he had some kind of a medical emergency? Was that like a a, <clears throat> a live real time stroke that he was having? <clears throat> he doesn't appear to be walking with um, with much agency, doesn't really appear to be in full control over what's happening. Uh, and uh, as far as I can tell, uh, there really is no other information about this. Uh, In the spring, you might remember that he was placed into some type of a rehabilitation facility after he fell at a a Senate leadership function back in March. I I felt like that was just a little bit suspicious at that time as well. Uh, I don't remember if he had any overt injuries when he came back, but it's very possible he could have suffered a a stroke or some type of medical emergency at that time, and they just didn't want to announce it, kind of like Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx clearly had some type of a stroke, had some type of a medical emergency, and only just recently came out with that video. Which he appears to be a little skinny, uh, doesn't look like he's in the best health. Certainly uh, not <clears throat> as uh, vibrant or, or vigorous as he was uh, before he he yeah you know stepped away from public life for whatever reason. So yeah, just taking a look here at the chat. Uh, yeah, Feinstein never knew she was gone. <laughs> Diane Feinstein has left the building and she has no idea. <clears throat> All right, come on, Michy, let's go fishing.
1: <laughs> you like to
0: fish, remember? Uh, no blinking is not normal. Yes, totally abnormal. Speaking of no blinking, do you, <laughs> there's been a number of videos very recently uh, f- uh, showing aides from both Democrats and Republicans, uh, which appear to, you know, have this very odd situation taking place where they're not blinking, they're staring. Uh, They they seem to be just kind of zoned out. There was a guy behind Chuck Grassley. I think I actually shared it on Twitter, but he he just was staring intently at Chuck Grassley and people were saying, oh, he was the puppet master and Chuck Grassley was being warged. (laughs) If you guys know Game of Thrones, this guy was warging into Chuck Grassley, actually controlling his body. Now, this woman behind uh, Stacey Plaskett, uh, she had that same type of odd, vacant stare, and she seemed to be mouthing along with the words. Now, these two instances, although they're happening very close to each other, they are not the first time I've seen this throughout the years, having the occasion to watch uh, a number of hearings. Uh, It seems to be a pattern of of aides in D.C. sitting behind their uh, elected representatives, the people that they work for. And they have that same type of uh, vacant or or just kind of glassy-eyed stare. And I, I don't know. Maybe it's that they are hiring people who have been, like, uh, like overtly ultra would and uh, they're working as a—what a, 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 do they call them? Um, uh, not assistants. It's when you have, a, like, a residency. You're not getting paid, but you work there or something like that. I, I can't remember what the title of it is. Uh, but— um, you know, it, it just seems to be every single time they have somebody behind them, they're, they're exhibiting these odd behaviors. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, I think more than anything, it's that they are the ones who are writing the speeches. OK, and when these representatives or senators, congressmen are reading them on the floor, When they're giving their statements, it's the first time they've ever seen the words, probably. And so the people sitting behind them are the ones who read them. They're very proud of the work that they've put in, and they're probably not getting a lot of sleep. And if we know anything about Joe Biden's administration, we do know that especially among Democrats, uh, there is a propensity to do cocaine. These people are probably on Adderall. Uh, You take a look at this girl, and uh, it's clear that she's on something. Let me go ahead and show you here.
2: Yeah, take a look at her. 50, 55 from the committee's interview with FBI employee Roya Demlo, who you just spoke about, which took place on July seventeenth, 2023. Uh, in that line, she says uh, the question was asked, OK, if someone were to leave here today, were to leave this interview and were to suggest or imply that when you said the laptop was real, that it meant that the FBI had affirmatively. Determined in turn, Thank you, Penny. Intern. That the laptop belonged to Hunter Biden, that the contents belonged to Hunter Biden, and that the contents had not been manipulated in some way, would they be representing what you said? Correct. Answer by Ms. Demlo. They would be representing what I said because
3: I don't have my. And look at
0: that. that. See, she she knows exactly what Stacy is supposed to say, and when Stacy messes up, she leans in to correct her. So. I think she probably wrote those words and, you know, working for somebody like Stacey Plaskett has got to be a little bit difficult on uh, your mental faculties. It's going to be one of those things that just kind of haunts you. So she wrote it. She memorized it. I think the same thing happened with Chuck Grassley's aide as well. All right. Now, actually, before I talk about Mayorkas, I wanted to bring up the subject of uh, another Epstein associate who appears to be getting his comeuppance. This is great news because for a long time, I think many of us were concerned that uh, the associates of Jeffrey Epstein were just going to get away scot free. Nothing was going to happen to them. When the uh, uh, arrest of Ghislaine Maxwell and her prosecution inevitably happened, I think a lot of people were very, very happy. But you know, they they didn't want to keep. Their hopes too high. Now, Jess Staley with uh, J.P. Morgan, uh, he is finally getting his comeuppance. Also, Morgan itself, Chase, and or I guess J.P. Uh, J.P. Morgan chased them. They are uh, also uh, in in a bit of legal jeopardy. <clears throat> But now a federal lawsuit has been filed against another Epstein associate. His name is Leon Black. Now, Leon Black is notable uh because he's a, a business mogul, he's active in political circles uh and this particular case is is including allegations of some severe sexual abuse and the rape of a mentally challenged girl. She <clears throat> is autistic uh we don't know how high functioning she is she could be just like me uh having no problems at all speaking in general uh but perhaps maybe just lacking in some certain social cues or maybe she is profoundly affected we just don't know she's a peach so Uh, Just yesterday, this federal lawsuit was filed in Manhattan. Now, it's interesting, again, because Manhattan extended the statute of limitations so that victims like her could come forward and uh, bring these men to justice. Uh, And it's filed against Leon Black. Uh, Apparently, he raped her. He raped her when she was 16 years old at Jeffrey Epstein's Brownstone Townhouse. In Manhattan. Uh, This was in 2002, so uh, nearly 21 years ago now. Now, uh, the lawsuit was filed by the attorneys at Wigdor Law, and they allege that these disturbing allegations of sexual and severe sexual abuse and rape involve this young woman who has autism. She also has a rare genetic condition called Mosaic Down syndrome, so it just got kicked up a notch. Uh, let's go ahead and search for mosaic Down syndrome. All right, and you know, you can see here from the images, um, mosaic Down syndrome appears to be very close to just what you would think of when you think of somebody with Down syndrome. Clearly, uh, there is a a, a set of uh, of uh, physical features that people with down syndrome exhibit uh they tend to have uh, the same type of spacing of the eyes uh, the same positioning of the faces um and uh mosaic down syndrome looks like uh this girl right here uh so not quite as defined uh as as children with i guess the regular type of down syndrome is concerned but Uh, At the end of the day, this is still a girl who was mentally and perhaps physically challenged. So now she's in her 30s. She claims that she was coerced into engaging in these activities by Leon Black, uh, and uh, he is known as the high-profile former CEO of Apollo Global Management. Now, it also suggests that both Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell played a pivotal role in facilitating her rape by Leon Black, uh, and they acted as conduits through which she was introduced to Leon Black. Now, I suppose the real question is, how did Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell come into contact with this 16-year-old girl with autism and uh, mosaic Down syndrome. Now, according to her account, these two trafficked her to several influential older men. Perhaps Leon Black is the only one that she actually can specifically identify. But it all occurred during the early 2000s, and they claim that she was recruited into this dark world at a cheerleading camp with the assistance of other individuals. Uh perhaps this was uh, similar to the events that took place down in Palm Beach. Maybe there were other young girls who were attending this cheerleader camp and maybe they were paid by Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. It's uh <clears throat> it's particularly reprehensible and disgusting. Uh, to abuse a child. It's even more so to abuse a child with uh, mental or physical disabilities. This is approaching the level of... uh Uh, Jimmy Savile in the UK. Now, she is not named in the suit. She's listed as a Jane Doe. uh, But she claims that she was first trafficked by Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell beginning in 2001 uh, and that they both routinely sexually abused her. Uh, They also allege that Leon Black came into the picture in the summer of 2002, and they instructed her to give him the same type of massage treatment that she would routinely give to Jeffrey Epstein, meaning that it would, of course, involve some type of sexual intercourse, and she was expected to strip naked before entering the room to give Leon Black his uh, perverted massages. She claims that Black led her into a massage room on the third floor of Jeffrey Epstein's brownstone, where he then raped her as a 16-year-old girl— She claims it was both violent and sadistic in nature. That means that Leon Black enjoyed causing physical pain and distress to this young disabled girl and that the rape that he inflicted upon her left an indelible mark, both physically and psychologically. So that sounds like he perhaps left scars or some long lasting physical injury now of course, Leon Black and his attorneys are going to fight tooth and nail against this. They claim that this is a frivolous and sanctionable lawsuit, that Mr. Black has never met this woman. Now, according to Estrick, uh, Wigdor Law intentionally manufactured these vicious and defamatory claims masquerading as allegations. This is all part of the firm's vendetta against Mr. Black for vigorously and successfully defending himself over the past two years. So perhaps there are additional claims that have been made against Leon Black that we don't have the full complement of knowledge for. Uh, but the lawyer for Leon Black continues, this sham proceeding will be prominently dismissed and will provide further ammunition for Mr. Black's pending sanctions motion against the door firm. Uh, now, they also refer to Black's recent motion to sanction them for wantonly filing complaints. Complaints without reasonable investigation. Well, Unfortunately, when you raped someone over 20 years ago, uh, there's going to be very little physical evidence uh, to make the case with. And the good thing about New York, as we found in the case against Donald Trump, sometimes all it takes is a woman making some claim about something that happened 30 years ago. uh, And that's all the jury needs to find you guilty. Now, that was a, uh, a, a civil case. But this is a little bit different. This could actually put Leon Black in real legal jeopardy. In a similar case, back in 2021, the same law firm, Wigdor Law, represented Guzel Geneva, who was a former Russian model. She claimed also at that time that Leon Black raped her. Now, of course, Leon Black denied everything at that time, but there was a professional relationship between Geneva and Wigdor, that dissolved in March of the following year. And by May, the case itself was dismissed due to perceived legal inconsistencies in the claims of the uh, plaintiff. Now, along with the existence of a pre-signed non-disclosure agreement. Now, why in the world would a person like Leon Black need to have a non-disclosure agreement signed with a woman who is now... Claiming that you raped her. Perhaps it's because he was a sick, sadistic son of a bitch, allegedly, who raped women and then got them trapped into a non disclosure agreement so that they couldn't do or say anything. Afterwards, I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm saying that allegedly that's what people might say. Now, the uh, Leon Black also vacated his positions as CEO at both uh, Apollo Global Management in 2021. That was following the disclosure of his one hundred fifty eight million dollar payment to Jeffrey Epstein in exchange for financial planning and tax advice. No word yet on whether or not that was $158 million well spent. It could also be said that that $158 million payment was not necessarily for financial planning and tax advice, but maybe it was for the trafficking of young girls. Maybe Leon Black had some very particular kink and was looking to rape sadistically and uh, violently, A young 16-year-old girl who had some type of mental or physical disability and Jeffrey Epstein just happened to be the guy that could facilitate something like that. I don't know. That's what people are saying. We're going to have to look into it more deeply. And obviously, this is a case that I'm going to be following with great fervor Uh, because uh, anytime it comes to co conspirators of Jeffrey Epstein, very rich and powerful people who paid millions of dollars to hang out with a convicted pedophile, you got to ask yourself, why in the world would they be doing that? Uh, I, I think that there's a couple of ideas that might come to mind. And certainly, that's one of the reasons why I would be wanting to. To follow this. Now, we also have a new report from the New York Times. Apparently, Black also made a $62.5 million payment to the U.S. Virgin Islands. Why? Well, that was to absolve himself from any future potential claims related to the island's ongoing investigation into the sex trafficking activities of Jeffrey Epstein. Now, uh, you also have to ask yourself in a situation like that, why would you be willing to pay $62.5 million unless you had a really good reason to make sure that nothing would ever come back on you in the future? So if you're interested in reading this, I will be sharing this on my Telegram uh, later on after the show. Uh, so just keep your eyes open. All right. Uh, and hold on. Why is my chat not updating? Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I, j- I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything. All right. So uh, thank you very much. Also over on pilled.net, my friends at the foxhole, uh, just duckies getting it started off. Thank you very much for the cookie, buddy. I appreciate the support. Doug sime dropped a pair of shades. Uh, Tamar growl dropped a cookie and then filter dog one. So is Hunter going to trial or what? Well, we are going to discuss that in just a moment. But before we discuss the ongoing saga of Hunter Biden, I thought that we should check in with today's uh, 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 hearings on Alejandro Mayorkas. Now, I've reported a number of times in the past Mayorkas is on the verge of being impeached. And after today's performance, my God, if they don't impeach him, then I don't know what the hell is going on in Washington, D.C. Essentially, his testimony, although it was under oath, appears to be a series of lies, mistruths obfuscations and outright falsehoods about what's happening down there at the southern border. If you listen to Mayorkas, and I'm sure that CNN is going to give bites to this effect, you would believe that the Biden regime is working diligently day and night to ensure that our porous southern border uh, is not just a free-for-all for for illegal aliens coming across that border. Uh, However, uh, we've had many millions of aliens come across under Alejandro Mayorkas' watch. uh, And uh, at this point, the GOP must impeach him. They must get rid of him. There are numerous articles of impeachment that have been drawn up. And as far, as I am aware, they're just languishing in committees. Uh, After today's behavior, after today's testimony, I think that perhaps it'll get just a little bit easier. Now, here is uh, a, a question being asked by Sheila Jackson Lee. Obviously, Sheila Jackson Lee with that big triangle pedophile ring uh, probably is uh, very happy to allow children to come across the southern border. Um, Obviously, she's also a Democrat, so she doesn't want there to be any type of security for our country. Here she is asking about operational control at the southern border. In order to have operational control, that would mean that you would be in charge of what's happening down there. But as it appears, uh, we just have a free for all. So would you say, uh, having been asked this over and over again, uh, that the United States, the President of the United States, the Secretary of Homeland Security, and all of the hardworking men and women uh, at the border uh, have operational control or have a form of, of, um, of, of presence, uh, that they are aware of what's going on in the border and that they're working to secure the border every single day? As we define that term, Congresswoman, we do. So that's where it gets very tricky. Because when you're actively changing the definition of words, uh, when you're interpreting the data rather than actually reporting on it, yeah, you can say whatever you want. Sure, we've got some people at the southern border, and generally we watch to see what happens. Um, But they're not tracking the people that come through. They're just allowing them to go. They're giving them a free phone. They're telling them, hey, just make sure you show up for a court date. They never show up. Those people end up coming into the United States, they commit crimes, they commit rapes, uh, they do all kinds of heinous things. And uh, there really is no world where you can justifiably claim that Alejandro Mayorkas, his agency or the Biden regime have any operational control at the southern border. And uh, Fredo, if I missed a rant, buddy, I'm sorry, I, I did not see it. Uh, he says, what do you think about the Mitch glitch being an MK ultra malfunction reminded me of when Al Roker glitched out on Good Morning America? Yeah, that actually uh, was something that came up when I thought about it as well. We've had a, a number of instances of people <clears throat> in these types of positions, be they uh, presenters on television or politicians just kind of like, glitching out. I think MK Ultra is a reasonable assumption to make here in this case, uh, and uh, I think it goes right hand in hand uh, with some type of brain disorder that might be a result of the sort of uh, electroshock therapy that he may have gotten. Perhaps, uh, maybe somebody dropped a sugar cube in his coffee this morning. Uh, yes, so I, I'm I'm anxious to see what they try to say. Is going on there. But I mean, the leadership on both the left and the right, Democrats and Republicans in Congress, just appears to be so far past their expiration date. You guys hang it up, go away. This is how we take back Washington, D.C. We get fresh blood in there. That's the only way that we're going to do it. <clears throat> so thank you very much. I appreciate that. So, Al, and, uh, has Al Broker been reported to have blood clots? <laughs> just saw that penny. I don't I don't know. I, have, I haven't heard that specifically. So obviously, this is a complete lie. Uh, we have uh, nobody who is watching or cataloging the activities taking place at the southern border. Donald Trump set it up so we could have a uh, closed border so that people wouldn't be just coming through willy nilly. As soon as Joe Biden came into power, he immediately reversed all of that. We have all of that material just rotting at the southern border. Uh, And uh, it has happened under the watch of not only this administration, but also Congress. All right. Republicans have failed to act. Alejandro Mayorkas has been allowed to send our country into a dark downward spiral The total number of illegal aliens coming through under Joe Biden's watch is somewhere over 7 million. And if we had operational control at the southern border, we would have an accurate number to give you guys. But we don't. We don't. We have NGOs that are down there at the southern border who are giving us their best guesstimate. In October of 2022, the Federation of American Immigration Reform, or the FAIR organization, uh, released their fiscal 2022 year immigration numbers, and uh, they estimate that 5.5 million illegal aliens have entered the United States by crossing through that completely wide open southern border with Mexico. So since Joe Biden came into office, people have uh, they've known, all right, they were told basically by the Democrats that they could just come to our border, step across and then end up gaining citizenship. And we know that the ultimate goal that they have is to flood the United States with the legals uh, to disrupt and uh, and and unsettle the people who are native born American citizens. Uh, and then at a certain point, they can give those people citizenship. They've already been giving them driver's licenses in some states that allows them to cast a ballot that allows just another a universal mail in ballot or an absentee ballot to show up. Uh, Penny Whitbrot, Info on Al. Okay, awesome. Uh, Let me copy that link. I will open that up. LKW Cross. Thank you, Penny. LKW Cross says, Zach is doing another great job today. Let's show Zach some love. Dare you. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate the support. Something is wrong with my throat, you guys. I don't know what the heck's going on. Okay. Al Roker hospitalized for blood clots following COVID vaccination and booster shots. Well, you know, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. In November of 2022, Al Roker, the venerated 68-year-old weatherman for NBC's Today, disclosed he had been absent from the program for the last two weeks due to blood clots that led to his hospitalization. hmm Yeah, why am I not surprised? Real Red Pill 78 girlfriend says, show my man some love. Thank you, honey. Thank you very much. So, uh, as I was saying, when Joe Biden came into office, basically the first day he walked in, he just opened the southern border. They sent this message out to southern and uh, central Americans. They said, hey... Come on up. Illegal immigration doesn't exist anymore. We want people coming from every corner of the world. And it doesn't stop at South America or Central America. Doesn't stop at Mexico. We've got people coming in from every country on this planet. Gump says hit the dang like button. Thank you very, very much, buddy. And the other information that FAIR is, uh, is putting together has shown us that Joe Biden has willfully Opened our nation to illegals and they've done absolutely nothing about it. Uh, If you remember back to the 2020 campaign, Biden had made promises of uh, amnesty that they were going to make some type of program to just grant uh, blanket amnesty to people who were here illegally. Uh, And then on his first day in office, he sent that immigration bill to Congress. It included an amnesty program, and uh, he said that he was going to support giving illegal aliens a path to citizenship. Obviously, that's more votes for the Democrats. Then immediately he issued that executive order directing agencies to take steps to preserve DACA. Uh, They also stopped construction of the border wall. Uh, We were we're forced to extend programs uh, for uh, asylum seekers and reversing legal opinions that President Trump had got into place under his administration. Uh, We also uh, saw Biden extend the asylum cooperative agreements with countries like Guatemala, El Salvador and Honduras. Uh, Those agreements required migrants to apply for asylum in other countries through That they were traveling through to get here uh, as a prerequisite to getting asylum here. Uh, And then Biden also issued that policy to exempt unaccompanied minors and family units from expulsion under Title 42, which released untold millions of people into the United States. There was also the Biden administration's revival of an Obama era policy of allowing immigration judges to administratively close deportation cases. That means that they could just close the book, throw a stamp on it, and then the people are lost, twisting in the wind. Uh, Also, U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services issued policies that make it easier for these illegals to apply for benefits. Uh, That means that they can get work permits easier. Uh, They extended and expanded programs like Temporary Protected Status. They eliminated the ability of officers to issue notices to appear, and they no longer were screening or vetting people in the process of uh, getting petitions for applications. We have had untold millions of people. That's seven million million figure, I truly believe is uh, is a lowball number. If you take a look at uh, just the last couple of months, in June, we had 144,571 illegal immigrants uh, that were encountered at the southern border. That is uh, an important number to, to uh, specify there. That's nearly 150,000 illegals that were actually made contact with people at the southern border. That doesn't account for the people who simply came across the border and were able to slip through uh, without having any type of contact with people who work in the U.S. government. And if we take a look at the expansion of this – We've had that 7 million illegals crossing. That includes 1.4 million legal illegal immigrants who escaped Border Patrol and then vanish. Nearly 1.5 million that we have absolutely no idea where they are. We don't have any way to track them. Uh, and we're probably never gonna see them again until they behead a woman on a street corner in Los Angeles or they get caught raping children in Connecticut. And then we had 140 people who were on the terror watch list that had been arrested at ports of entry so far this year, only this year. We don't know about other years. Uh, And then, of course, there was uh, virtually none of that happening under President Trump's watch. Uh, The illegals, The terrorists, they knew that if they came here, they were going to get their asses beat. They knew that there was no possible way that they were going to make it through. So it virtually stopped. And then on top of that, we don't even know the total cost of life here uh, from drugs and human trafficking coming across the border. But we can say that this 2,141 pounds of fentanyl were seized and 9,398 pounds of methamphetamine were seized. That was in June. In the month of June, 2,100 pounds of fentanyl and nearly 10,000 pounds of meth were seized. Uh, Of course, we have no idea how many more thousands of pounds came through uh, without anybody knowing that it even happened uh real briefly esther thank you so much she says zach is my crack (laughs) much love to you rp mom zach and lisa thank you so much esther uh patriot Catherine. judge tells hunter enter rehab no guns no drugs get drug tested get a job yes we are (laughs) we're going to be talking about hunter biden next Freight awakening how was the finger i've noticed you've been giving us the bird a lot less lately also did you get your mail guessing the pruning incident sidetracked you yes my finger is better uh, and and no, I haven't been able to get the mail. Plus, we have family in town. So we've been all of my spare time has been uh, uh, focused on that. Uh, but they will be leaving tomorrow and uh, I have to go get the mail. So uh, I will be getting that tomorrow. And uh, Fredo, thank you once again, buddy. Once I do, I will be showing it on air. So. Uh, essentially, you can tell from all of these facts and figures, it is a laughable assertion to suggest that the United States government, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, or uh, the Department of uh, of uh, of Homeland Security, have any sort of operational control of our U.S. southern border. Crumpfer says, testing attempt to donate. Crumpfer, you have been successful. Thank you so much, guys. I really, really appreciate it.
2: Mm.
0: Mm. So before Hunter Biden's court appearance earlier today, We did learn the identity of uh, the anonymous bidder who has been purchasing his artwork. It just so happens that it's somebody who was a longtime visitor at the White House. They went to Biden's White House some 13 times after he first showed his paintings. Uh, Her name is Elizabeth Hirsch Naftali. She also happens to be a large donor to Joe Biden and, wouldn't you know it, an appointee to his commission for the preservation of America's heritage abroad. So as a result of being a political appointee, as a result of having access to Joe Biden by giving him big checks and, of course, of being a patron of Hunter Biden's uh, foray into the art world, Catherine or excuse me, Elizabeth, as her name is, uh, is uh, is closely associated with the Biden regime. Where does she get her money? Well, she is a real estate investor from Los Angeles. Uh, She is a big donor in California Democrat circles. And in 2023 alone, she donated thirteen thousand four hundred fourteen dollars to Joe Biden's campaign and nearly another thirty thousand dollars to the DNC. Uh, She also served on Hillary for America's National Finance Committee. She was on Biden's Presidential National Finance Committee, and she was a deputy finance chair for the DNC itself. Now, we can see that her visits to the White House began in December of 2021. This was just after Hunter Biden first showed his paintings in November uh, at the Art Gallery in New York City. Now, it has been reported that that gallery has brought in $1,379,000 in receipts for his work. And if you'll remember, just recently, Hunter Biden was showing up in Arkansas saying that he could not afford to pay child support for the child that he had with a former stripper. Now, the names of the buyers were confidential, as the agreement stated, but uh, the names have begun to come out. According to three people who are familiar with this account, there is uh, a number of people who knew that Naftali was purchasing the artwork from Hunter Biden. Given their close association, I don't doubt that she probably is. Now, uh, this is obviously an opportunity for money laundering to take place, and even more than money laundering, uh, another opportunity for grift for policy. So the Bidens, uh, they sell Hunter Biden's work. Uh, He's unable to do all of these other business deals that he had been caught up in before, uh, and it just allows for all of this cash to come in, and then Hunter can do whatever it is that he wants to do. Um thank you again to Crumfer. I appreciate that. <laughs> Esther uh afraid I hope your kids not angry at me still. <clears throat> Um, another bit of bad news for Hunter Biden before today uh, was this uh, this request coming from the uh, House committee currently looking into his crimes. Uh, they are demanding answers from the DOJ uh, for their failure to act to protect the victims of human trafficking that Hunter Biden was caught up in. Obviously, on screen is uh, one of many pictures of Hunter Biden with a lady of the night, a prostitute or a human trafficking victim. we not exactly. Certain, although you know, I, I, there's no way to tell unless we can get these girls on record. But we can tell you that Hunter was specifically known to frequent uh, human trafficking circles, he took those expenses and tried to write them off as business expenses with the IRS. And uh, we also know that specifically the indictments that he went to court for today had absolutely nothing to do with his patronage of these human trafficking circles. Obviously, the House Oversight Committee and uh, James Comer, uh, the the others on it, uh, they're interested in knowing why it was that the DOJ did not address this. I mean, specifically, the DOJ has a legal obligation to protect the victims of crimes such as human trafficking or forced prostitution. By not addressing these specific issues, the DOJ has disregarded the rights of those victims. These women were sexually exploited by Hunter Biden. Uh, they were fed drugs and alcohol by Hunter Biden. It's very possible that they were unwillingly pushed into a life such as this. And Hunter Biden uh, was able to keep them around by keeping them high and drunk the entire time. This is in contradiction to the protections that are afforded under the Crime Victims Rights Act. This is an act that was passed by Congress. There's another one called the Mandatory Victim Restitution Act. The Crime Victims Rights Act and the Mandatory Victims Restitution Act both were intended to protect victims. The same type of victims that Hunter Biden allegedly allegedly sexually exploited. And this is based on testimony from IRS whistleblowers. This is from his own videos and photographs and messages on his laptop. And of course, through the investigation that was compiled by not only the IRS, but also the FBI. So the DOJ has some explaining to do, and that is exactly what was suggested today by Hunter Biden's judge. But before he even got to court yesterday, it was announced that his lawyers were looking at some sanctions because they were accused of lying in this tax case until uh, last night. We didn't know exactly what was going on, but his lawyers did finally respond. What's the big hullabaloo and how could a legal team representing Hunter Biden be so stupid? stupid that they would lie in legal filings. Well, it turns out that someone from his legal team called the Delaware clerk, lied about their identity, and that was done so that they could remove testimony from the IRS whistleblowers from that docket case. Technofog reported yesterday that an attorney for Hunter Biden, Jessica Bengals, who was working at Latham Watkins, Lied about who she worked for. She alleged that she was with the amicus. These are interveners on this on this case to get documents taken off the record. We actually have an email which memorializes what exactly happened. Let me get this pulled up here and we can see what was said. So uh, this is the email that says, hi, Ted. Following our recent telephone conversation, the woman who called was a Jessica Bengals and her phone number was redacted. She said she worked with Theodore Catilia, and it was important to, that the document was removed immediately, or they could file a motion to seal. I do deeply apologize for all the confusion on our part. I have put the rest the I have put to rest the clerk's office on notice that if someone is trying to do anything with the criminal or MJ case, they need to contact me again. Very sorry for the confusion. Now, just to be clear. Hunter Biden's lawyers calling into the courthouse and lying about their identity is a major, major violation. That is something that they could lose their law license over. Technofog continues, there was some disagreement between counsel for amicus and Hunter Biden's lawyers about what exactly occurred. Hunter's lawyer has denied any wrongdoing and said, I hope you have an affidavit from the clerk. Ted, I stand by all my statements, and I hope you have an affidavit from the clerk in support of yours. Chris, that is Chris Clark, a partner at Clark Smith and Villazor. Uh, the response from Theodore Cotillia says, Chris, you should probably take a best step back from your statements. The clerk's office advised that it was represented to her that the request was being made by my firm. We will be advising Judge Norica of this improper conduct. Now, the number provided by the clerk that was redacted apparently believed belongs to Jessica Bengals. And uh, of course, yes, uh, once the number was actually dug into, it turns out that Jessica Bengals, the same Jessica Bengals, is associated with that phone number. So it lends credence to the idea that Hunter Biden's attorney called in, lied to the court and gave her correct uh, contact information. Now, Obviously, if it was a different Jessica Bengals, that probably wouldn't have happened. He was also able to figure out uh, who her dog was. And he found her um, uh, Latham and Watkins profile along with her Facebook account. So. This is a serious, serious allegation. The judge has given Hunter Biden's lawyers uh, some time to explain themselves. And last night they went ahead and they did explain themselves. Here was their excuse as to why this happened. Well, apparently it was a big misunderstanding. And that allegations of impersonating the Republican attorney to the court clerk was uh, no real misrepresentation. It was just a whole big misunderstanding. So attorneys for Hunter Biden have responded to the allegations, and uh, it it doesn't really, as far as I can tell, uh, have any real meat to their response. They are just saying that, oh, yeah, gosh, it was a mistake. So how do you mistakenly call the courthouse where your client is currently undergoing an investigation and uh, some court proceedings and lie about who you actually work for? I don't see a world where that could plausibly happen. Uh, It does, however, make sense that Hunter Biden's lawyers would try to pull some dirty tricks to stop this information from getting out to the public. Uh, and uh, that's the only thing that I can uh, really make sense of in regards to this. Uh, Judge Noreka, in an order, said the court has discussed the matter with the relevant individuals in the clerk's office and has been informed that the caller, Miss Jessica Bengals, represented that she worked for Mr. Cotillia and requested the amicus materials be taken down. Now, the order continued to express concern that the caller may have misrepresented her identity and who she worked for in an attempt to improperly convince the clerk's office to To remove those materials from the docket. But the attorneys said in their statement the matter under consideration appears to stem from an unfortunate and unintentional communication between a staff member at our firm and employees of the court. That staff member would be Jessica Bengals, one of the attorneys working on Hunter Biden's case. So, who made the misrepresentation? If it was someone working at the court, certainly they would have requested some identification from this person. You know, what is your name? Who do you actually work for? And what are you actually trying to get taken care of? Uh, Furthermore, uh, they do not give us any additional information. They say that the matter under consideration appears to stem from an unintentional miscommunication. We have no idea how this misunderstanding occurred, but our understanding is that there was no misrepresentation. <laughs> so it was a miscommunication, not a misrepresentation. Uh, the person who made the call when they called identified That they were affiliated with Latham Watkins, uh, and uh, they say, we hope this letter in the attached declaration dispels any suggestions that undersigned counsel or our staff would ever intentionally misrepresent or mislead the clerk with respect to any matter. So here is a little more information. Uh, This is from Will Scharf. I am a former federal prosecutor. And I literally cannot believe what just happened in Hunter Biden's tax fraud case. Based upon what's made public, here is what I think the story is. Now, this is great coming from somebody who has legal expertise and maybe can explain to us how something like this would take place. The House Ways and Means Committee, led by Chairman Jason Smith, filed documents relating to their investigation of Hunter Biden's criminal enterprise with the court overseeing his tax fraud case, in which earlier today he was scheduled to plead guilty. Now, An attorney associated with Hunter's legal team contacted the county clerk's office, falsely claimed to be part of the House Ways and Means legal team, and asked that the clerk pull the adverse filing for technical reasons. Now, once the court figured out what happened, they demanded the answers. uh, And uh, apparently they're pretty certain that the lawyer for Hunter Biden lied about exactly who she was working for. Now, Will says this is not irregular. This is insane. It is quite the scandal. And I think that despite the protestations from Hunter Biden's legal team, it definitely had an effect on the judge when Hunter Biden walked into the courtroom today. Now, as I said, he was scheduled to plead guilty to this sweetheart deal. I cannot stress to you how good of a deal this was for Hunter Biden. His lawyer had previously said that by pleading guilty to these two misdemeanors in regards to his uh, failure to pay taxes and uh, agreeing to the diversion for the gun charge, which would then no longer be on his permanent record. The case against Hunter Biden Biden was supposed to be closed and he would not be open to any further prosecution for other stuff. However, that appeared to be in question today when Hunter came into the courtroom, Uh, the judge actually said, hey, there is an ongoing investigation here. So I want to know exactly what Hunter Biden is agreeing to. Judge Mary Ellen Noreka. She is a Trump appointee, and I don't know that uh, that has anything to do with it. She could just be looking at the letter of the law. If she was, then I think she would have come to the same conclusion. But, She was questioning this plea deal during the hearing earlier today, Uh, and of course that ongoing investigation should leave the opportunity open for Hunter Biden to be charged in the future. Uh, One such charge would be for failing to register as a foreign agent. Now, according to the prosecutors and the defense, this deal with Prosecutor David Weiss just completely fell apart today. Once Hunter Biden got to court and Judge Noreika began to question the lawyers in the case. Now, because Hunter's legal team had previously stated publicly that there would be no more charges after this and the prosecutors in the case said, well, actually, there could be more charges. Obviously, nobody was at the level of agreement that they thought they were. Uh, there were uh, obviously some really stunned people inside this courtroom uh, when the judge began asking questions and Hunter's team appeared to have a different opinion about what was actually going to take place. Uh, the prosecutors specifying that Hunter Biden could get far charges even after making this plea deal is what essentially caused Hunter Biden to withdraw from that plea deal and say, we're going to need to go down a different direction. ESADMF says taxes are theft. Regardless, you and I would be under the jail uh, should we try to evade them. No, you are absolutely right. Uh, there is no legal reason that Hunter Biden should not have the same treatment as somebody like you or I. Uh, I've been audited before. It's not fun. And uh, I would never wish it on anyone. Um, But I couldn't wish it on a nicer guy than Hunter Biden. So after finding out that the prosecutors might be willing to bring those FARA charges, the court took a brief 10-minute recess because they had to figure out, are we even going to be able to come to an agreement today? Uh, Now, this should have been something – That Hunter Biden was, uh, you know, head over tails, just jumping straight into. Uh, But according to this criminal probe that is still ongoing in the uh, Delaware attorney's office, uh, Hunter Biden was unable to come to an agreement with them. So unfortunately, he withdrew his plea uh, and he ended up pleading not guilty. That was only at one point. Uh, By the end of the day, there was a deal in place. However, it wasn't the deal that Hunter and his lawyers wanted. What was really interesting is the response from the judge. Uh, She was not happy with the federal prosecutors. Uh, She essentially brought them to task and suggested that Hunter should have been charged for failing to register as a foreign agent. Uh, I think that when Hunter got to the courtroom... He probably was not expecting the judge to have the attitude that she was. Obviously, he and Joe Biden and the rest of the Biden crime family, uh, they have uh, essentially been living in the lap of luxury, uh, jet setting around the world, using as many drugs as he could ever want sleeping with prostitutes, getting payoffs from foreign uh, uh, adversaries, uh, foreign spy agencies, uh, working as a foreign agent for countries like uh, Moldova, Romania, Ukraine, China, the list goes on and on. So Hunter probably thought that because his father's president, because Merrick Garland is uh, the head of the DOJ, that he was just going to walk in and this was all going to be over. But We know that there are many more crimes that Hunter could potentially be charged with. And as a result of those potential charges and perhaps the judge overseeing the case, the prosecution was told that, hey, they need to get their act together. If we continue on, Uh, We also had strong words for Hunter Biden from the judge herself. Uh, As she was overseeing the judge, she confronted Hunter Biden directly about this plea deal. Uh, She refused to even allow that initial plea deal for his tax misdemeanor charges uh, to be signed by the Department of Justice and Hunter Biden's legal team, which is what led to this revised team. Uh, She said this. We. (laughs) Well, hold on. Let me actually bring there's – a, there's a video clip here, and I, I think I'd rather play that. Here we go.
1: Forex.com.
0: 25-second uh, ad. Forex Are you kidding me? in the U.S. Uh, you guys, uh, Forex is a bad investment. I have heard so many horror stories about people putting their money into Forex and uh, having it stolen in a Ponzi scheme. I don't know. I Maybe you're an investor and you know about this stuff, but this is beyond me
1: try forex.com today here we go
0: oh my God <laughs> are you kidding me are you kidding me uh I it was PJ's it was my understanding that she was a Trump appointee. I'll have to look into that if I'm incorrect then uh my apologies
4: we were supposed to hear from hunter it doesn't seem like we're going to now what was his disposition like in court what expression did he have on his face as all of this was happening
2: I mean, he 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 kept very composed while it was underway. I mean, initially it began with the very perfunctory. The judge was asking him questions. He was responding, "Yes, Your Honor. Yes, Your Honor." That he understood what she was saying. Uh, but then, when it, it looked like that plea talks, the plea agreement was back on track, and the judge was going through literally line by line the statement of facts in this case, asking him to explain what what tax deduction was this, what was that. He was walking through it, and she asked him. We did hear a little bit of about from him about this, you know, part of these charges that he's pleading to is when he had told the judge he was already sober. And she said to him, you were sober. So why didn't you pay your taxes? And he essentially said he just become sober. His life was an enormous mess. He was trying to pick up the pieces and put it together. And that uh, essentially fell through the cracks.
0: All right. So even if she is uh, not a Trump appointee, uh, that this 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 bodes well for the American justice system. Let me go ahead and pull her up because I Swear I had read that she was a Trump appointed judge. Let me pull who is Mary Ellen Noreka. Okay, yes. Uh, I don't want to make an account. Oh, gosh darn it. Okay, what we know about Mary Ellen, President Joe Biden's son, presiding. uh, Yes, she was nominated by President Donald Trump in December 2017. So, uh, you know, I don't know anything about her politics. Uh, All I knew is that Donald Trump... Nominated her in 2017. Uh, Certainly, Democrats would have had to vote to confirm her. um, But regardless, uh, I like that she was going after Hunter Biden, asking him specifically about uh, the statement of facts, uh, suggesting that he was sober, he should have paid his taxes, uh, it should have been a done deal. But again, Hunter Biden has lived in this kind of gray zone where he has never had to be held accountable for the things he's done. He probably thought he was never going to have to pay those taxes. And let's be honest, he didn't pay the taxes. His lawyer paid the taxes. The guy that was out there smoking a bong when he was visiting the house. Um, th- 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 OK, <clears throat> um, so eventually he ended up changing his plea to not guilty. And when that happened, I got really excited. I, I got to be honest, There, there could be nothing better than Hunter Biden actually facing a criminal trial for the things that he was accused of. Uh, because that would have allowed for all kinds of discovery and perhaps the addition of additional charges. Uh, But when he changed his plea to not guilty, uh, kind of threw the case into a bit of uh, a legal gray zone. Um, With uh, Judge Nareka suggesting that Hunter really should have had his his act together uh, and saying that she wasn't ready to accept this plea deal, uh, it forced both sides to come together and come to some type of an agreement. Now, with the, uh, uh, the with the deal falling apart, you know the mainstream media. Uh, They understood what was at stake here because Hunter had been given this deal that nobody else in American history would have received. You know, first of all, he should have gotten felonies. He shouldn't have been given these misdemeanors. Even uh, people at CNN were suggesting that this was highly irregular Uh, when Harris Faulkner learned (laughs) that Hunter Biden's deal fell apart. Apparently, she audibly gasped. Let me play this. How to escape Ah. the heat if you don't have an air conditioner. Okay, here we go.
2: For his attorneys at this point.
1: If the judge is willing to even accept a plea on the information, the charging document that she has before her, the only thing they could be negotiating about sort of on the fly in the courtroom is some type of sentencing enhancement i.e. jail time. It could be that they say, all right, we're going to agree to do a little jail time now on this gun charge and not do diversion. (laughs) They could try to put more teeth in it to see if that satisfies the judge. Well, unfortunately, that
0: didn't happen. However, uh, when CNN was discussing about it, they they said someone made a bad mistake. Obviously, Hunter Biden's lawyers made a bad mistake. I, I tend to believe that they felt The same thing as Hunter Biden, that he was never going to be held accountable. He would not be forced to actually pay the price for anything that he had done. However, at the end of the day, they were able to come to an agreement. The good news is that he is still open to additional charges once uh, the investigations are wrapped up. So there remains the possibility that Hunter may actually some sort of limited justice at the end of the day. But this narrower scope uh, allows the Department of Justice uh, to continue to investigate and for Hunter to potentially uh, have the issue of FARA violations down the line. Now, he should be charged with failing to register as a foreign agent. I think that anybody paying attention to this Understands that and believes it. Certainly, the uh, commentators at the mainstream media platforms like CNN and Fox News, uh, they know. Because when it came down to people in Donald Trump's administration, uh, the idea that they had failed to register as a foreign agent—I mean, that was a, a, that, that was a, uh, an executable uh, thing that uh, they would have uh, been going for at that time. But uh, in this instance, of course, people just kind of allowed it to go back. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at this commentary from another CNN talking head.
2: So the deal appears to be back on track. After I was just out here, the um, Biden's team had asked for 10 minutes to speak with the prosecution. They were doing that while the judge was off the bench. Then after a bit of period, they came back, the judge came on and she asked them where they are. So essentially Biden's team is agreeing to the plea deal, but a much more limited in scope deal. Part of the issue here was that the judge didn't understand exactly what this Plea agreement was covering because it seemed to be very um, all-encompassing. So she wanted them to really narrow down what it was that was covered under this plea agreement. And so the prosecutors had said that this plea agreement would cover any charges that were tax charges from 2014 to 2019, any drug use charges, because Biden has admitted that he used illegal drugs, and the specific firearm possession charge that was included in this deal. So Biden's lawyers got up and said that, yes, they will agree to the prosecution's understanding of the scope of this agreement. And then the judge started to proceed with the usual questioning of Hunter Biden, if he was willingly going to enter into this plea agreement, were any additional promises made. So things are back on track, and Biden's, Biden is in the process of beginning his plea to this to the tax misdemeanor charges and then the firearm, firearm offense. Uh, but it appeared it was on the brink of collapse over what the potential scope here and what other charges uh, existed because the prosecutor said that this investigation was still ongoing and when asked by the judge if it would cover potentially other charges he said yes so that was the friction point but after this break they seem to be back on the same page and biden is going uh, unless something has happened in the time i've been out here he's moving forward to pleading guilty to the charges as we expected today and it was just this issue of what the scope of this included
0: I was so hoping that he would end up going for some type of a criminal trial because that would have just been a gift to the American people. Uh you know, I think that there was a massive oversight by Hunter Biden's attorneys. They were overconfident. They believed that this was going to shore up any possible criminal charges for other items in the future. Uh but as uh, we've said, there is the possibility that Hunter Biden could face additional types of justice in the future. Uh, Uh, I sincerely hope that that is the case. I feel like we are moving ever closer to a form of justice. It's just not the type of thing that we had hoped uh, would have occurred yet. Everybody is frustrated. Uh, I think that uh, the, the, the people that are involved in these cases, they think that they have carte blanche to do whatever they want. Hunter, Joe, the entire Biden crime family, they think they are untouchable, and we need to show them that they are touchable. This is where Congress has to come in. This is where we need our legislators to act because Joe Biden has done more than enough to warrant being impeached. Uh, All of them have done more than enough to warrant a whole host of criminal charges against them. Now. Do you guys think it was coincidental that on the same day that Hunter Biden is uh, pleading to this stuff, we also had a bombshell whistleblower testimony in Congress about UFO crash retrieval programs? Uh, this man, David Grush, he, he's been the one making the rounds in recent months. Uh, he's had some pretty phenomenal claims to make. And uh, of course, the very nature of these claims make it impossible for him to really back them up with any type of meat. Um, But because this is official government sanctioned information coming out, uh, it's the only reason that I'm truly, I I guess, reticent to just buy it hook, line and sinker. It's exciting to me uh, that perhaps we're going to get some information, but I would rather see some different types of information. Uh, Here is a, a clip of David Grush discussing this earlier today. If it works. Okay, we're not going to go with that clip. We'll go with this clip. Extraterrestrials.
4: Something I can't discuss in public setting.
0: So she was asking about the retrieval of extraterrestrial bodies, uh, non-human entities that were supposedly flying these uh, unidentified aerial phenomena.
3: And was this documentary evidence, Is video, photos, eyewitness? Like, how would that be determined?
4: The specific documentation I would have to talk to you in a skiff about. Gotcha.
3: Yeah. Um, okay. So, and, and you may or may not be able to answer my last question, and maybe we get into a skiff at the next hearing that we have. But who in the government either – what agency, sub-agency, what contractors – who should be called into the next hearing about UAPs, either in a public setting or even in a private setting? And, and you probably can't name names, but what agencies, organizations, contractors, et cetera, do we need to call in to get these questions answered, whether it's about funding, what programs are happening, and what's out there?
4: I can give you a specific cooperative and hostile witness list of specific individuals uh, that were in those.
3: And, and how soon can we get that list?
4: I'm happy to provide that to you after the hearing.
3: Super. Thank you. And I yield back.
0: Uh Eleanor twenty, Eleanor 2000 says, Zach, I need to get used to the new time for live shows. As always, thank you for the brilliant analyses of the chaos around us. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. It's very simple. Monday through Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, that's the only time you have to remember other than the weekend shows at 9 p.m. So. Uh, when it comes to these particular subject matters, you know, I, I am highly interested in um, uh, breakthrough technology, uh, in uh, technology that goes beyond the scope of what we. The public have access to every single day. I think that the most important aspect of this particular subject is that technology, uh, the possible for the advancement of the human race. I I think that also the amount of money that's being spent behind the scenes, the level of secrecy, uh, that shows us that there is something very profound happening here. I want to know all of that stuff. I want to have access to that. More than anything, uh, I I believe that there are significant pieces of technology that are being withheld from us uh, that could significantly advance uh, the prosperity and the well-being of humanity. Obviously, they want to keep us as controlled, uh, as subdued. And as out of the loop as possible, Uh, I'd be very interested to see who else is going to uh, testify in future sessions. I think that what we're looking at here is going to be a continued slow drip of this information. What I'm most concerned about is if they're going to use it as a means to obfuscate other more important things Taking place Because as much as I'm interested in unexplained things, uh, in technologies that I I haven't had access to in the past, I am more concerned about the level of corruption and criminal activity taking place inside the federal government. Uh, And I am concerned about this particular subject being used as a means to cover up those very important things that need to be revealed. Now, I'm glad that they're doing hearings. I'm glad that we're getting some type of information about it. But more than anything, I want to see justice being done in Washington, D.C. And in order for that justice to be done, people have to be held accountable. The criminals have to be rounded up. The crimes have to be stopped and people need to go to jail. Now, I have said this on so many occasions. Under Joe Biden, under this current regime, I just do not believe that that is a distinct possibility. But there are things that our elected representatives in Washington can do to make sure that we start moving towards something like that. Uh, In order to expose the crimes of the Bidens, we need to have a trial of some sort. And one of the best ways to do it, one of the only ways to do it uh, with a sitting president who is the head of a criminal enterprise is to impeach him. Now, this was kind of interesting. A storm was brewing over Washington, D.C. yesterday at the exact moment that Kevin McCarthy was floating the possibility of a Joe Biden impeachment. It seems that every day they're getting just a little bit closer to it. But I'm also worried about Kevin McCarthy doling this out in a breadcrumb fashion so that we are almost at impeachment, we are almost at justice, but we never quite get there. Uh, I think it's quite clear based upon everything we've dug up, everything that's been reported in the last several years since the moment Joe Biden announced that he was going to be running for president. uh, We have had ample reason to show why he should not be in public office. We have had ample reason to show that he should be indicted for any number of crimes. What's also very exciting is the upcoming testimony of Devin Archer. I think that there is a distinct possibility that impeachment or some type of criminal charges— That might be held back because we haven't really necessarily heard it from the horse's mouth. Devin Archer was a close business associate of both Joe and Hunter Biden. So when Devin Archer testifies, he will give us essentially a Rosetta Stone into the criminal workings of that Biden crime family. So once that testimony comes, once he's under oath, once he has been deposed, uh, both in public and private session, that information. Information can be used to then bring the entire Biden crime family to justice. Uh, and as we know, I reported on this yesterday. Devin Archer is expected to testify that in the midst of business dealings with Hunter Biden, Joe Biden was called and put on the phone. Crumpfer uh, says, Could there be a connection between alien technology and time travel? Q seems to post based on very specific knowledge of future events. <clears throat> I think that time travel is entirely possible. Uh, I th- also think it's possible that what we perceive as aliens may not be necessarily aliens, but they could be future versions of ourself. Uh, there could be, let me, t- we'll take a look at what science is attempting to do right now. The the, the push for transhumanism, uh, the push to modify the human organism and change it to make it as far from our natural self as possible, if The people that are running this world are successful in doing that. Don't you think that in the future, humanity might appear to be different than it does today? Uh, If it's possible that they're able to achieve that at some point in the future, then perhaps the future humans of thousands of years in the future will have also developed some ability to travel through time, to fold space and time, uh, to jump through wormholes, to come from 10,000 years in the future all the way back here. Uh, and, And you have to realize that if this phenomena is real, if there are beings of whatever form or provenance that are visiting the earth of today, there is a reason that it's happening. We just have to determine what that reason is. Now, there is all kinds of uh, uh, stories of people being taken, of people being experimented upon, uh, of, uh, you know, I I mean, the, the, the stories are endless. I can't even get into it all right now. But there must be a reason why this is happening. If they are future versions of ourselves, maybe they have destroyed their own bodies or their ability to procreate. And so they require to come back in time to take our genetic material and use that at some point in the future. I don't know. Quite quite literally, the possibilities are endless. Now, whether it uh, specifically uh, has anything to do with uh, the posts, um, I I tend to think that uh, the things that we saw in the posts are more akin to um, to war gaming, um, you know, take a look at uh, the 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 programs that end up being revealed after an event takes place, Event Two Hundred One, uh, or Agenda Twenty Twenty or Agenda Twenty Thirty. You know, uh, the the elites put their plans on paper and they tell us exactly what they plan to do. So then, when those uh, the, when those things come to fruition, it's not so much that they know the future, it's just that they have the power to affect the outcomes of uh, the actions that are taking place today. And I think that uh, when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, psychological operations and and uh, actual like physical military strategy, you know, these groups that are running things behind the scenes, they have the ability to kind of map out what an expected outcome is likely to be. Is it possible that they have something like a project looking glass? Absolutely. But I don't know that everybody has the access to something like that. Uh, And I don't know that people have current access to it. This is one of the fascinating aspects of it is for me personally is like, you know, kind of plotting out like what are the potential things that could be happening here? You know, I mean, it, I I like to take it to the most fantastical possibilities because I think that those things are real. I think that we we may have an opportunity to uh, achieve something like that at some point in the future. So. Uh, I you know like I love having uh, uh, conversations about that. I love uh, you know getting into the weeds on people's personal stories. You know I like military and government insiders. Like I love that stuff. That that's great. You know I, I look at a lot of that stuff in my 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 own personal time. <laughs> so uh, in addition to looking at um, politics and stuff. But here let's take a look at uh, Kevin McCarthy. I, I'd like to get an idea for where his head is at in terms of holding Joe Biden. Biden to account.
1: bribed the Bidens. Okay, This was given to the FBI. When Bill Barr finally found out about it, he sent it to his office in Philadelphia. They actually said that this was very credible. The FBI kept this from the IRS individuals for them ever to see it. So not only do they claim that they were bribed, we now find information that 16 out of 17 payments from Romania were provided to the Biden shell companies while he was vice president. When President Biden was running for office, he told the American public that he's never talked about business. He said his family has never received a dollar from China, which we now prove is not true. So,
0: knowing all of this stuff, Kevin McCarthy... At what point does it rise to the level of impeachment? I believe it already has. Uh, I believe that Kevin McCarthy knows that it has. Uh, I just believe that in order to successfully prosecute this, both in Congress and in the uh, court of public opinion among the American people, we need to have as much evidence as possible. Uh, Every single day, a new piece of super damaging information comes out to suggest that we've been right this entire time, that we have uh, been on the right track and that Joe Biden and his family are a criminal enterprise. Uh, So I sincerely hope that Kevin McCarthy, that's where your head is and that we are simply moving closer and closer to the day that this will finally happen. Let's continue
1: now have some of the most credible whistleblowers, these 10-year IRS agents who have come forward, said that the Biden family has been treated differently, that what Weiss has told us is different than what Garland and Weiss has told the public. And you're sitting here today where now you have found millions of foreign money, just what the 1023 alleges they did to Biden's family. Now we found that it has funneled through shell companies. If you're sitting in our position today We would know none of this if Republicans had not taken the majority. We've only followed where the information has taken us. And this is rising to the level of impeachment inquiry, which provides Congress the strongest power to get the rest of the knowledge and information needed, because this president has also used something we have not seen since Richard Nixon, used the weaponization of government to benefit his family and deny Congress the ability to have the oversight. If we are talking about millions of dollars coming from our top geopolitical foes and that the Biden family has been corrupted and and took in all of this money and he was complicit in that, wouldn't that wouldn't that wouldn't that mean that we have a criminal enterprise as president of the United States that had to be on every level compromised by countries that are not particularly fond of us? Well, it's interesting that the Biden family runs, if they say, a company but never had an office and shell companies to be able to pay through.
0: I mean, Sean, you've already answered your own question. Obviously, we have a criminal enterprise running the United States government. Obviously, Kevin McCarthy, all of these things you've mentioned rise to the level of an impeachment inquiry and a conviction. Joe Biden should be removed from power. But Kamala Harris remaining in office, that one would be the stickiest thorn that I could possibly imagine. Now, President Trump, of course, agrees with me. He agrees with you. Congress is soft. They are not acting on information that should have been acted on a very long time ago. So President Trump puts out this statement yesterday. Let's get this straight. The Democrat slime balls in Congress, then headed by crazy Nancy Pelosi, impeached me over a perfect phone call. Remember that. It was a phone call where all he did was ask for the leader of another country to look into reports of criminal activity. The same criminal activity we are now finding is 100% real, and are now indicting me over their continuing illegal and long running witch hunt. Donald Trump has been persecuted. He, he has been pursued by every arm of the law in the United States under the watchful gaze of Joe Biden and the people who head the various agencies that he controls. But crooked Joe Biden, who has stolen and extorted millions of dollars won't be impeached or indicted by a very kind, friendly and politically correct Republican Congress. Gee, that seems very fair to me. Make America great again. In order to make America great again, we have to bring the Biden criminal enterprise to an end.
1: We have a compromised president. China gives him millions of dollars. If he's given Biden millions of dollars, he's compromised. Now, that's only the stuff they found. There's a lot of other things, and there'll be some things that you never find, but there's a lot of other things. So he's getting millions of dollars illegally from China. And then you say, hey, they impeached me over a phone call that was perfect. Why aren't they impeaching Biden for receiving tens of millions of dollars? Why isn't he under impeachment? I know we
0: have a why isn't he under impeachment? Well, I think that President Trump's explanation of a soft and politically correct Congress is fairly accurate. You know, we have people in Washington, D.C. who are loath to act because they're interested not in justice. They're not interested in supporting the will or uh, the uh, the liberty of the American people. They're only interested in furthering their own wicked ends, OK? And for many of these people, that means the power, the money, uh, the sex, the drugs, all of it that comes along with uh, being a, a member of Congress and having a luxury apartment in Washington, D.C., maybe smoking crack with Marion Barry, the way that Hunter Biden did. Now, I don't know if you guys had a chance to see Tucker Carlson's latest episode on Twitter, but he went on a ride along with Ice Cube. They rode around South Central Los Angeles. Angeles. They talked about uh, a number of very important things. I thought it was great. You know, recently Ice Cube uh, put out a video and said that he was going to go on anybody's podcast that would answer. I I would love to interview him, but I don't know how to get a hold of him. You know, I'm just I'm not at that level. If you guys have any idea on how I can reach out to Ice Cube and get him on my show, please do me a favor. Let me know. Maybe go tag Ice Cube and say, hey, you should go on Red Pill 78. You should go on Zach Payne's show, Red Pill News. Now, in this discussion, uh, Ice Cube was asked about taking the jab. It was recently reported that he turned down a $9 million movie with Jack Black because he didn't want to get the jab. Obviously, Jack Black got the jab. The man looks like garbage, hot garbage. Uh, So I'm very proud of Ice Cube. The other thing about it is, though, that Tucker uh, claims that he didn't take the jab. Now, I was trying to think, and I don't remember him specifically saying that He actually took it. I remember him discussing it in kind of the collective we. And so it could be interpreted that he was sympathizing and speaking to the American public who felt they had to take the jab. Or it could be that he's now changing his tune and suggesting only now that he doesn't work at Fox that he never actually took the jab. I'm a little disturbed at the the possibility that Tucker, while working at Fox, would go along with this charade. And I've been I I, I have been um, uh, tough on Tucker in the past because I felt that he didn't use his platform early enough uh, to inform people about the possible dangers here. Many conservative ink, these like mainstream conservative figures, they did not use their influence to tell people to disobey, uh, to to stand by their, their convictions and to stand by their own personal choice to not take this jab. So many people out there just went and took it because the people that they listened to on the air were telling them, you know, hey, it's for the good of the country. Go ahead and do it. Um, so I don't know. I, I felt like this was a, a bit of a changing narrative on behalf of Tucker. But again, uh, it, it this is another good episode. This is another opportunity for Tucker to really uh, uh, punch at this deep state organization that has America under its thumb. And I'll say it again, I never thought that I would be competing with Tucker Carlson. I mean, he is now uh, an independent podcaster and uh, internet show host in the same way that I am. So it's kind of a a surreal uh, situation to find ourselves in. All right, you guys. Did I say Ice-T? Uh, well, no, no. Esther, yes. It's Ice Cube, not Ice-T. Tea. Ice-T tea is the guy who's on uh, Law & Order SVU, and he's like a total Democrat moron at this point. But Ice Cube is totally based. Uh, I'm glad the guy stood by his convictions. I'm glad that he didn't get the jab. And, uh, uh, you know, they they talked—did uh, they talk about Jamie Foxx? Maybe I saw something else with Jamie Foxx in it earlier today. I don't know. All right, guys. So, um— mm, I think, yeah, Ice-T is a bitch. <laughs> he is. He is. Ice-T is a big bitch. Big bitch. All right, guys. Uh, we're going to call it a day there. Let me go through the thank yous over here on the foxhole, see if there was anything else that came through. Uh, FilterDog1, thank you for the can, uh, also says, exactly what did CBP, Customs and Border Patrol, allow a bridge? Why did they allow a bridge over the Rio Grande? Yeah, If they're in control of the southern border, then why in the hell did they allow for that to go up? I also have been meaning to find an opportunity to give some big shout outs to the people of Texas. Governor Greg Abbott putting that barricade in the Rio Grande. Uh, That's genius. And obviously the Democrats are really upset about that because it uh, it, it's it's an impediment to people coming across in such an easy way. Uh, Let me see, Doug. Thank you very much for the shades. Filter dog one says, didn't Matt Couch lose a leg because of blood clots? Yes, Matt Couch was actually supposed to join me today. Uh, He did lose a leg because of blood clots. He has had uh, daily, almost daily appointments at the doctor. One of these days, he will be joining me for the first 5 or 10 minutes of one of these shows, and he's going to give us an update on what's going on. Now, I can tell you 100% with certainty that the blood clots did not occur as a result of having taken the jab. Uh, The blood clots were as a result of some type of uh, other uh, issue that he had going on, a health issue that was ongoing for some time. So Matt is doing better. He is learning to walk with only one leg, and he's actually said he lost uh, over 100 pounds since they took the leg off. So he's really getting in good shape, and and, I, and you know I love Matt. He's a great guy. So hopefully pretty soon he'll give us an update on how he's doing. Uh, who cares? Says 07 RPGF. When did this all start? All the stuff we are seeing back in the 70s. I think it started even earlier than that. You know, I've taken it as far back as uh, as World War Two. But you can even go beyond that to the the founding of the the Federal Reserve and even the central banks before that, you know, I think since the moment the United States was founded, there have been uh, agents working within it to try to dismantle it or to co-opt so that they could be the ones running things. And then at the end of the day, you know, we're talking about a multigenerational subjugation of humanity, uh, and that's where we find ourselves right now. But, yeah. Things ramped up in the late twentieth century. Uh, Nakaz eight oh eight, good to see you, buddy. He says, finally able to catch another afternoon live show. My Rumble isn't working, but I can watch you through your site. Yes, that would be the through the the foxhole. Uh dot net. Uh, who cares? Says, whatever happened to the ten seventy five ruling, State versus Manson? You can't profit from your crimes. Um, I, so, uh, this is, uh, this is in regards to Charles Manson. Didn't he like try to like sell his story or something like that? I know that in some instances that seems to be the case, uh, but then in others, it does seem like people profit from their crimes. They might, they might hold it reserved for like the most heinous of crimes, like serial killers and stuff like that. Uh, LKW across adding this to the, adding on to this site too. Great show. Thank you very, very much. I definitely appreciate that. And uh, let me just say, that's all I've got for you today. Make sure you tune in tonight when Brad and I have another stimulating conversation at 9 p.m. Eastern on Badlands Media. We're going to be talking about uh, the propagandization of the American people through popular culture, film, stuff like that. It's going to be a great conversation. And uh, FilterDog1 dropped a can, said, whee, thank you very much. I appreciate it, buddy. Uh, so I just passed out the gold pills until tonight at 9 p.m. on Badlands Media. Good luck. God bless. Hopefully, I'll see you tomorrow at 5 p.m. for another stimulating episode of Red Pill News Live. We'll see ya. Big thank you. Big thank you to Floricio. I just see that you donated through my website, hon. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it.